<laughs> well, hello there, journeyers. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys, and I am back with an episode of Conscious Commentary, of which I have not done in, I can't believe it, three months. Some of you may be asking, what the heck happened? Others of you maybe didn't miss it too much. I don't know. Listen, let me tell you. First of all, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Conscious Commentary. I'm back. Uh, we're going to try this again. But I want to tell you what kind of what had been going on, um, why you haven't heard from me in this regard for some time. Uh, you know, I've been playing around with uh, a few different uh, scheduling formats. Um, you know, this is those of us in the podcasting arena are still sort of feeling our way as to what works, what doesn't. And now we're dealing with such a host of uh, factors, including algorithms and, oh gosh, God knows. But something said, you know, just hold off for a little bit on doing conscious commentary. I love doing this segment. I really feel like I'm sitting in a room with all of you journeyers out there and musing about the things that we care about the most. But I just felt like I needed to take a bit of a hiatus and really just sort of meditate on whether uh, this was something that uh, was good to do, particularly for all of you. Uh, the other thing is, you guys know I've been running like crazy. The schedule has been uh, really, really hectic. As you know, I, uh, gosh, it's been about a month now. I, I was over in the UK for the amazing, amazing uh, Awakening UFO and Conscious Life Expo. I want to take this moment to give a shout out to everyone who put on a completely stellar job. Uh, this very large uh, conference that brought so many of you out from the UK, many experiencers, uh, other uh, fellow researchers. I was over there with Linda Moulton Howe and Richard Dolan and David Childress and Mike Barra and Sonia Grace and uh, oh, so many, uh, Grant Cameron. It was fantastic. Okay, so that had me hopping, obviously. Prior to that, we had contact in the desert. It's just been hectic, guys. And I have to tell you, I'm also doing a, a, a great deal more of voiceover work. Some of you may know that I'm also uh, a voice actress, I guess you could say. And uh been doing a bit of that. So it's been a bit challenging to figure out how to get all this together. Okay, there's my excuse. But the bottom line is I'm back. Now, I want to let you know how we're going to do this, at least for the foreseeable future going forward. I really wanted to think about this and say, okay, if I'm going to continue with conscious commentary, how can it best benefit those of you listening? That's why I'm doing this. You are so integral, guys, to my journey. And I do feel like we are certainly a community, moreover, a family who share many things in common. And so I thought, if I'm going to come back and do uh, some form of conscious commentary, it may not be every week. Uh, I think it may be depending on uh, the flow of information that comes in. And when I say information, I mean comments from you. I think what I'd like to do going forward for the foreseeable future is I want to speak directly to you. I get so many comments from you guys on a variety of things, not just here on the YouTube channel, but uh, as well uh, through my email. You, you send me some amazing messages and um, sharing your stories with me and questions, as well as Facebook, uh, etc. And And so I thought I would speak to that. And today I really want to focus on some uh, comments and questions that you pose to me based on our last episode. That's what we're going to talk about today. So there it is. This is why I haven't been around for a bit doing conscious commentary, kind of retooling and let's try this out. I want to speak to you journeyers. 
I want to speak to you. So here's what I'd like to do. We had, uh, I hope you had a chance to listen. And if not, I'm certainly going to put a link so you do to the last show that I did with Mike Cleland. Mike is a very well known and respected researcher in the field of uh, ET contact, specifically on the experiencer aspect. And he affectionately refers to himself as, and I believe others do too, the owl guy, the owl guy. Mike has had an array of his own personal experiences having to do with owls and synchronicity as well as UFO and ET related contact and all of those sort of intertwined. He's written two books. One is called, I have them right here, The Messengers. Let me pull this up. And Stories from the Messengers. I'm actually going to read an excerpt from The Messengers for you. The subtitle is Owl Synchronicity and the UFO Abductee. This is powerful stuff, guys. And I can tell by some of the comments that you left uh, 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 on your own uh, were just told me that this is a this is a much bigger phenomenon than than we may know. How big? I don't know. Let's do this. I'm going to get right into some of what you had to say. And we're I'm going to do my best to, uh, in some cases, there are questions and others are just ponderings that you wanted to share with me and the audience. So here goes. I'm going to start with Hello Disclosure Team Liverpool. <laughs> Shout out to you and your beautiful family. Let me tell you a little bit about Disclosure Team Liverpool. I'm going to refer to her as her avatar, which is, that's not her name, obviously. She has a fantastic, um, uh, what would you call it? Platform, I'm going to say, a platform. She is very proactive in in musing about and researching this field that many of us are interested in called the ET and UFO phenomenon. I got to meet her in the UK for the Awakening Conference, along with her beautiful, and I'm going to stress beautiful, intelligent, inquisitive, and just simply lovely all around her family. So uh, shout out to you, Disclosure Team Liverpool. Let me read what she wrote, and I'm going to see if I can uh, address a little bit of what she said. Again, we're talking about the OWL UFO ET contact connection, as was discussed in my show with Mike Cleland. She says, great interview, Alexis. Thank you. I heard one of uh, Mike's talks last year. The OWL stories he tells are absolutely baffling. Her question is, I wonder how widespread the phenomenon is. Okay, that's a big question. And it's one that I have posed to Mike uh, in some of our offline conversations. I mean, how do you... How do you begin to measure uh, how ubiquitous this phenomenon is? I suspect that it is. When I say this phenomenon, I'm speaking uh, broadly about the ET and UFO phenomenon and how many people it touches. My surmise is that, you've heard me talk about this before, this may indeed be a mass phenomenon. Now, when we get to this idea of how common is the owl correlation, well, yeah, not just with the UFO direct connection with uh, ET contact, abduction, etc. But just in terms of uh, phenomena, you know, showing up in synchronistic ways. I'm going to take my time with this disclosure team, Liverpool, that's what I'm going to refer to you as. <laughs> I want to tell you a little story. And these stories are coming to light, have come to light for me more recently, as I've been working with Mike uh, in learning about the owl connection. This was not the first I'd heard of it, but certainly working with him, I'm more focused on it. But I'll tell you a quick story uh, about a friend of mine. I'm not going to, I'm going to call her Lisa. I like to use that name as a <laughs> uh, uh, anonymous name. 
we're going to call her Lisa. Lisa is a friend of mine from college. I've known her for many, many years. And I will never forget, Lisa had come to visit me, oh, about two, three years ago. And she obviously knows the work that I am in and the research that I'm involved in and having to do with these subjects. Uh, I don't know how this came up, but I will never forget when she said to me, Alexis, we weren't talking about owls, but she said, you know, the strangest thing happened to me not so long ago. She lives in a very quiet neighborhood uh, somewhere down south in the southern part of the United States. I'll leave it there. Very quiet, I believe, a cul-de-sac neighborhood. And she says, you know, one day I was coming out of my door and I looked at the the curve of the cul-de-sac in the daytime and I see a very large, exceedingly large owl looking right at me. And at the time I thought, mm, that's interesting. I mean, we know that owls are known for their their mystery and sort of, um, in some cases, a sense of uh, uh, bringing uh, messages. This is hence, this is called the Messengers Mike's book. Uh, they can evoke a sense of foreboding, etc. So there's there's sort there's definitely a mysterious aspect to the presence of owls in certain scenarios. The way Lisa told this story was definitely in that regard. I'm so trying to remember what we were discussing that would make her bring that up. I will tell you that in the same conversation, I don't know if it was back to back, but she had also told me about some anomalous experiences that she had had with ghostly phenomena, namely her grandmother and seeing her grandmother standing at the foot of her bed shortly after she passed. Now, this is quite common, uh, well known to paranormal research, we still do not understand the dynamic involved. And yet there seems to be some sort of residue that uh, that can exist and continue and 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 come to us during certain times. Um, in some cases, what well, the apparitions that are seen are are completely physical. Well, she, uh, Lisa, I almost told her name. Lisa uh, told me this story. It, I believe in the same conversation, followed by the owl story. We didn't necessarily make the connect, but it was a, it was kind of an interesting um, uh, correlation. Let's just say I I believe that Lisa has had a number of paranormal ish experiences, and so having her tell me about the owl and kind of reflecting on that doesn't surprise me. So that's just a story that was told to me directly. Another one came to me very recently uh, uh, on the heels of my doing this interview. This is a colleague of mine, we'll call him Jim. And Jim, uh, as I was talking about Mike's work, who he's familiar with, he says, you know, I love Mike Clellan's work. In fact, I read the book, The Messengers. He couldn't call the, the, the title at first, but he described it. I said, you're talking about The Messengers. He said, yeah, you know, I, I can tell you a story about during my reading that book, I'll never forget. One night I was in bed, my wife and I, and I had uh, been up reading, I was in bed reading The Messengers. And out of the blue, I hear to my left side, which sounded like it was coming from the roof, the hoot of an owl. But that's not all. And this is as he was reading the book, guys. He then noticed to his right, another owl seemingly landed on the roof and also started hooting as if they were hooting back and forth. The wife who was in bed with him also heard the sound. He said this went on for quite some time while he was reading The Messengers. As a matter of fact, Mike, I don't know if you're listening, but remember when we 
you and I were conversing and you told me that this has come up on several occasions and the people that have read your book in the midst of reading it seems to conjure up images or sounds or interactions with owls. Are we conjuring them just by consciously thinking of them? I'm going a long way to answering your question, Disclosure Team Liverpool. I don't know that I can, how widespread this phenomenon is, but I'm going to read something that as I attempted to think about this, let me turn this light up so I can see. As I attempted to think about how I would answer your question, which obviously I can't, we go to this idea of pondering and contemplation. I also wonder how widespread the phenomenon is. I want to read something to you all that uh, comes directly from uh, Mike's book, The Messengers. And this has to do with an individual that he had met with in the course of sort of sleuthing and understanding his own interactions with owls. And he had met with a, um, a counseling psychologist who he said also sort of acted uh, less like a psychologist and more like a shaman in some of the things that he said. But he had a comment, again, doesn't directly address what you're asking here, but it does sort of intimate what may be going on in terms of how prevalent this may be. He says the following, owls are also the classic symbol for the unconscious, he says. Owls are the things that live in the dark, shadowy areas. They pass through the night. They're wise. They're slightly dangerous and creepy. They are messengers. They convey things. They've always been seen as omens, what we just said, and portents. They've always been held as these messengers between the known and the unknown. Messengers between the known and the unknown. I want to stop there for a reason, because I think this might give us a clue to something. You know, as more people today, and I do believe there are more people that are becoming that are questioning more, that are wanting to understand the link between the known and the unknown, certainly wanting to understand the mystery more. As our natural curiosity burgeons and more people are becoming uh, uh, attuned to that curiosity, if owls sort of represent that bridge between the known and the unknown, and there are more people that are becoming interested in these two things, it wouldn't surprise me that the phenomenon of interaction with owls on a variety of, uh, in a variety of ways may be growing, thus more becoming more widespread. That just occurred to me. I don't know. Look, it's difficult. None of these things we can prove, certainly not in the ways that we're used to proving. This is not like a, a science at all. We're talking about subjective experience, but the prevalence of certain things uh, that are happening in our lives, particularly these days, are definitely hinting to a deeper reality. So I know that does not uh, fully answer the question. I, let's continue to look at it. Now, I know, Disclosure Team Liverpool, that you've been pretty active on your Twitter account. Uh, I've been pretty inquisitive about this. Uh, you've, I put the question out based on the show that we recently did to some other people, and I think you're getting some feedback, and I think that's great. Keep that conversation going. Now, here's my question to you, and if you're listening to this, reach out to me and let me know. Have you had your own owl experience, Disclosure Team Liverpool? Let me know, okay? You can message me if you don't want to put it out there, but I want to know. <laughs> so there you go. That's that. Now, let me turn this light back down. I have a feeling we're going to go a little long today, but you know what? I haven't done the show in three months, so hang in there with me. we got some good stuff coming up. Okay. I hope I am pronouncing this right. I actually looked up the pronunciation to see if I, based on the spelling, to see if I get it right. If I don't, please forgive me. 
Anya, Enya, Anya, Enya, am I pronouncing that right? You know who you are. I'm going to read the, the comment and you'll know who you are if I'm getting it totally wrong. She says, Alexis, this was a fascinating conversation regarding Mike, uh, Mike and I. Thanks to you and Mike for taking these topics head on. Now, here's what she says. Really shocked me. I had to chuckle at it. She says, I know you are an experiencer. Even if you don't, she says, ha ha. Can we hear, please, about your ET-related experiences too? Maybe in a conscious commentary, Anya. (laughs) Let me just first tell you that it was your inquiry that inspired my coming back and doing this conscious commentary specifically. I wanted to answer your question. Short answer, I believe so. When we use the term experiencer, which is which sort of a parlance that we've been using in recent years to denote specifically ET contact and or abduction, we use that term loosely. It started as abductee or contactee. That's still used, of course. They tend to be used uh, interchangeably. The term experiencer, I think, is more applicable to a broader range of uh, phenomena that people have, uh, particularly paranormal in nature. Now, I am certainly not feeling inhibited at all about talking about this. In fact, I have talked about this in the past. The short answer is yes, I believe myself to be an experiencer to some to some extent. To what, I don't know. We're, I say we. I am still exploring the depth of the experience that I had. I have discussed this experience before, Anya. I'm going to go ahead and call you that, and please forgive me if I keep getting it wrong. Uh I have talked about this. First, there's a book that came out uh, two, three years ago at this point by Miguel Mendoza called We Are the Disclosure. It's a two-volume set, and he interviewed, along with myself, uh, at least a dozen or more researchers and experiencers in this field. Um, I believe I was the uh, first one in part one. This was the first time I felt comfortable in talking a little bit about Uh, an experience that happened to me back in November of 2005. I'm obviously not going to get into it now because it is way too long and too complex. But the short answer is, yes, my dear, I feel myself to be an experiencer to some extent. I'm going to leave a link, uh, not only to the book, if if you'd like to read. It's not my interview with Miguel was not just about that, but I did certainly bring that up in the context of the broader phenomenon. I also discussed it in great length with Alfred Lambermont Weber several years ago. I'll put a link to that interview as well if you're interested in hearing. I mean, there are so many stories, guys. They're all different. They're all unique. They're all our own. None of them are alike. Um, But yes, Anya, uh, I feel myself to be. Notice I'm not saying, yes, I am an experiencer. I still take a little bit of, oh, what does that mean? What do ET contact? I don't know. There have been clues that I have been probing ever since this experience more recently in, in the last several years that would lead me to believe that there has been some sort of interaction with myself and perhaps a host of other phenomena. So I'm being a bit conservative, forgive me, because I don't, the the last thing I want to do whenever we're talking about these subjects is to be definitive because it is such a mystery. And that's why I say 
to folks who are out there talking about these things. Let's take our foot off the gas pedal of what we think we know and be a bit humble about it. We're still in a research phase, right? We're still in an investigative phase of our own lives, me included. So when I say I feel myself to be, I sense myself to be, I have a feeling that I may be, the answer is yes. I hope that uh, will suffice for now. And it's exciting. Look, I'm exploring like so many of you. Uh, I also I also talked about this uh, sort of woven into my lecture that I gave back in Australia uh, called Unconscious Contact. Are you an experiencer and you don't know it yet? So there you go. And by the way, I'm going to be giving that talk again. I'm going to talk about that at the end. We'll, we'll leave that toward the end. This uh, upcoming lecture that I'm doing, I'll be talking again about unconscious contact. Okay, let's move on to another listener comment question. Now, I know I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong, so you're going to have to forgive me. Diogenes the Cynical is this person's handle. Diogenes? Diogenes the Cynical. <laughs> and by the way, the, the the comment and the question doesn't seem like you're a cynic, you're just asking a question. But nonetheless, there you go. So here's what you say. The person asks, what about other animals? I've seen things no one would believe. I felt the same thing regarding the UFO correlation. What about other animals? Diogenes, I have heard others discuss seeing other kinds of animals, particularly in the dream state, dreams that they felt to be not just dreams, perhaps non-physical contact with non-human intelligence, being in other realms, occupying other dimensions for a period of time and witnessing other life forms that which they would describe as animals that did not at all resemble the animals that we are familiar with here on terra firma. I myself, by the way, happened synchronistically to have a very strange dream. Oh, I'd say about a couple months ago in which I witnessed and I cannot remember too many of the details except to say, I remember seeing what I would describe as animal species that did not resemble at all the animals that we are familiar with here. Here's the rub. I can't remember what they look like. I just know that they were they were regarded as part of the animal kingdom and wherever I was in this quote unquote dream, but they did not re- resemble anything that I that I know here. Seemed to match up perfectly with how others have described their interaction or their witnessing uh, other animals. You say, I've seen things no one would believe. I'd love to hear what you can recall, what you, uh, and and, and in what regard you've seen these animals. Were they here? Were they in the dream state? Were they, how did they come through to you? Um, Now I'm going to plug something else. I got another lecture coming up, guys. I'm going back to Australia. I'll talk about that more later. But guess what I'm going to be focusing my my talk on? I'm working on the research, getting into it shortly. The title of the talk is Animals, ETs, and Us. What's the connection? I'm bringing this up in this context, obviously, because we're talking about the role that our own animal companions, we call them, you know, our domestic animals, cats, dogs, rabbits, as well as some of the wild species that are here on this planet and how 
we relate to them, how they relate to us. Is there a symbiotic relationship between us and them? Are they here as messengers to help bridge us with other forms of intelligent life? We call them ETs. What's the connection? So I'm not going to get into that too much now because that's what this talk is all about that I'm going to be giving uh, next January. But I will tell you that there is something strangely powerful about the role that animals, what we call the animal kingdom, play in our lives. Could they be some sort of catalyst, messenger, uh, to help us understand our own ET contacts? I think it's quite fascinating. So Diogenes, the cynical. What about other animals? I think there are a myriad of, of, of other animal species that may be linked to what we call the extraterrestrial species. Now we know, and it's talked about, that there are quite a few species that would resemble our own uh, part of the animal kingdom, including the feline species, the reptilian species, the mantis or mantid, as well as the dolphins. Now dolphins, it's interesting because I've heard it talked more about um, the dolphins that we know here in our sea as being extraterrestrials here on this in this uh, on this planet. I'm not that familiar with, I haven't gotten into that work too much, but I do know that there are several individuals that have studied the extraterrestrial abilities, it seems, of these uh, incredibly intelligent and intuitive creatures that we call dolphins. So the links are there. The, the signs seem to be all around us. It's an absolutely fascinating uh, connection to look into. So I indeed will be looking into it a bit more. Okay. Now, and thank you for your comment. Everyone, thank you for your comments. They've been great. JNP, shout out to you. How are you, my dear? I always love hearing from you. This is uh, what JN wrote to me. Alexis, thank you again for sharing other guests' experiences. Until today, I had no idea there may be a reason why some of us see owls. So I'm assuming, JN, that you're seeing them as well. I have been attracted to them since my awakening and sighting in Ohio, where a UFO crossed my path above me in a cloud, which was obviously not normal because of the sky being so blue and clear. I still am attracted greatly to them and know there's a reason uh, and hope to hear, there's a reason and I hope to hear more. So grateful to you always because of you, I can connect the dots and hopefully get answers. Thank you, Jay, and I appreciate that. I want to just take something, I want to take something on the back end here. You said, because of me, you can connect the dots and hopefully get answers. I appreciate that. And look, the sole reason why I do these shows and have these conversations uh, and and want so uh, honestly to engage you as much as I can is so that we can all collectively connect the dots I don't know what I'm doing here other than speaking, you know, from the perspective that I'm coming from, which is an exploratory journey. That's all it is. So I want to say something to you. And I want you to take this seriously, Jan. I hope that I am helping you help yourself connect the dots. But ultimately, you're the one that's connecting the dots. You're on the higher journey. I want to read a quote to you by one of my absolute favorite philosophers, you all know, I'm sure, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who spent his life seeking answers to life's deepest questions. He said, quote, do not go where the path may lead, go instead where there is no path and leave a trail.
Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. I have read that quote many times, and I think that's fantastic. It, it says a couple of things to me. First of all, sure, we're all here to create paths to help others along the way, to help others connect the dots. However, there's something that's even more magical and magnificent about the sovereign journey going where there is no path, blazing a trail, having epiphanies along the way, connecting the dots along the way, and hopefully getting answers along the way. JN Peace, go blaze that trail, my friend. I will do my best to help inspire you to continue to connect the dots because I think you're doing it. Everything that you, whenever you you uh, send uh, questions or comments to me, they're always so thought provoking. So I know you're on a journey. Keep doing your thing, my friend. Keep doing your thing. Okay, I think that's it. Did I get everything in? We got four in, right? Again, I want to say thank you to Disclosure Team Liverpool, to Anya, Enya. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I feel so bad if I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> Diogenes, the cynical and JNPs. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Listen, keep sending those comments. It, not only does it help me kind of guide my way and what to bring you, you know, it helps with the show. We're, you, you know what's going on with, with our friends that are kind enough to put these shows on, right? They want to they want to see certain things. They want to see results. So to keep this show going and growing, make those comments, as you know, sharing, caring and sharing and liking and commenting and subscribing. I always laugh when I when I do this little this little plug, but I guess it's just the, the nature of the beast these days. So uh, but I do I want to hear from you. I want to get more questions from you. I want your way in more. And let's see if this works. If so, I will continue with conscious commentary, making this the focus. I want it to be about you. Okay, there you go. A couple of announcements. I think I kind of dropped a couple of hints in the course of uh, this conscious commentary. Uh, Upcoming, of which I will be giving sort of um, a slightly abbreviated version of unconscious contact. Are you an experiencer and don't know it? question mark. This is the talk that I gave uh, once and only once in Uluru, Australia last January. It got uh, quite a few people going, quite quite a response, so much so that I am going to be giving uh, this talk once again uh, for the first time here in the States at the Transcendence, Transcending the Matrix Conference in Sedona, Arizona, September 28th and 29th at the Creative Life Center. I hear it's going to be spectacular. I'm going to be there with my friends. Uh, This is hosted by Suzanne Ross. Hey, Suzanne. So excited to be there and uh, finally have the chance to meet you. She's also going to have Sonia Grace. You know that name. We just had Sonia on the show recently. I'm so excited to see her there. Laura Eisenhower will be there as well. Clifford Mahoudi, a whole host of people. I'm going to make sure to have a link so you can go there. And if you're in the area, you know I want to see you. So uh, it's, uh, again, September 28th and 29th in Sedona, Arizona at the Creative Life Center, Transcendence, Transcending the Matrix. And by the way, if you decide to attend, hurry up and get because I think they're, I can't remember what the seating is, but it's going to sell out. And we only have about four weeks or so to go. If you mention my name, simply Alexis, when you're going through the registration process, you get 25% off. I think that's a pretty good deal. So just mention Alexis, A-L-E-X-I-S, you get 25% off. So go do that. We'll make sure to have a link for you. Okay, another announcement, and I did 
drop this during the commentary. And that is, I'm so excited to be going back to Australia, back to Uluru, January 11th through the 13th of 2020. This is where I will be talking about animals, ETs, and us. What is the connection? I am so looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing all the wonderful people that I met last year. I know you're coming back. This is going to be a big year. I will be there with my dear, dear friend, my mum. I call her my mum, my sister, Mary Rodwell. I'll be there with her. She'll be speaking as well uh, as uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Hardcastle Wright. Hey, Rebecca, I know this is she's she's extraordinary exo consciousness. She does some great stuff. She will be there as well. Great uh, lineup there. Uh, I will, of course, have a link uh, to cosmic consciousness for you as well. So you can go and register and learn more about it. It's going to be great. I'm losing my voice. Can you tell? I am losing my voice. I've been out of practice, guys. I have not done conscious commentary for three months. It's been a while. Well, it has been a pleasure. I am so glad to be back with you. And as always, I want to hear from you. You want you want me to keep this thing going? Well, if you do, help me out. Send me some comments, some questions. Let's get into a conversation. You know, you can reach me right here on our YouTube channel. If you're listening on iTunes or other fine podcasting platforms, you can always find me on Facebook. Since I don't, I think you can leave messages on iTunes. I'm not sure. Or comments. But uh, by all means, you know how to find me. Come reach me, comment, and uh, be a part of the conversation, will you? All right. I know I'm running over, so I am out. I will talk to you soon, journeyers. I love you all dearly. Take good care, and I'll talk to you soon.